0: Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast of our Sunday morning teaching. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. Turn again to Exodus chapter 33. Those of you that were here last week uh, realize that, uh, and if you have not heard the podcast from last week, I can't go back and repreach what I preached. But you need to, you need to hear, you need to listen to the podcast. Uh, that uh, came out of Exodus chapter 33 from last week. In Exodus 33, Moses has an encounter with God, and God tells him about five or six, seven things to do, that specific instructions that God gave Moses that all of us can apply to our lives. And uh, this series, of course, is entitled A Life That Matters. And today is part three of A Life That Matters. And we're going to talk about really what I believe is the foundation of a life that matters. What, what, should be our really, really, what should be our foundation stone if we're going to have a life that makes a difference, a life that matters? But in Exodus 33, we're going to tie these together. I'm going to finish up Exodus 33 from last week and then tie these two together, tie these, these messages together today because I believe they do go together. Of course, Moses has an encounter with God, and God says, he gives him specific instructions. He says, depart and go up from here. Everybody say, go up. up. Let me tell you something. God's going to always take you farther. God's going to advance you. God's got good things for you. You hear what I'm saying? God's going to take you up. Everybody say "Up." up. God said, go up from here. I've got things for you to do, places for you to go, Moses, but go up from here. But not only you, he said, Moses, you and the people. Take somebody with you. Everybody say, take somebody with me. And then he talks about the next generation. He said, not only you, but the generations, your sons and daughters, those that are coming with you. That's what you see behind me right now. That's because we're investing in the generations that are coming behind us. Your sons and your daughters, your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. Those who are going to be serving God. In, in their future and are already serving him. So he does that. He says not only that, but then God gives him promises. Everybody say promises. I want you to know you've got promises from God. God's given you promises, great promises, precious promises. Hold on to those promises. One of those promises we've already talked about today is increase. Oh, I said it's increase. God calls Moses to step out and he said, go beyond those previous boundaries and go to a place of increase. Right. The promised land is a place of increase. He said, it's a land flowing with milk and honey Amen. and man, most of us, that would be enough for most of us. That would be great. Oh, I'm there. I've got, I've got a word from God. I'm going to take somebody with me. My generations that are coming behind me, man, they're going to be a part of this too. And I've got promises from God for a land flowing with milk and honey. And for most people, that would be enough. But for Moses, it wasn't enough. Because God said, Moses, you go ahead and go, but I'm not going with you. And Moses said, Lord, this all sounds great. This all sounds awesome. But if you're not going to go, don't take us up from here. And so God says, Moses, because you've found grace in my sight, I'll go with you. My presence will be with you. Everybody say, with you. you. I want to encourage you. Listen or get the CD from Coach Skoda's teaching from this past Wednesday night because it is so powerful. It differentiates between working for God and working with God. And there is a huge difference. See, I don't want to spend my life working for God. I want to spend my life working with God. With God, all things are possible. Do you hear what I said? With God, all things are possible. Because when God is in it, it takes it to a supernatural level. And so that's what Moses knew. He knew, hey, I can get all of this stuff, and we can get into this place of promise. But if I'm not working with God, this thing's not going to sustain itself. We've got to work with God. Everybody say, with God. And if you'll notice, it's so powerful. In in chapter 33, he says, down in verse 14, he said, and he said, my presence will go with you. Everybody say, with you. Say, I want to know God's with me. And, you know, I, I, love, I love our slogan, God is for you. I've seen it all over the world. It's awesome. But, you know, I thought of another step of that. Not only, is God, not only God is for you, God is with you. I like that. That was birth, man, this, this Wednesday night. Get, get the teaching from Coach Scott. It's powerful. He said, my presence will go with you. So we're called to work with God, not just for God. He said unto him, if your presence does not go with us, there it is again. He said, if it is not with us, then don't take us up from here. Verse 17, the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken. For you found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And then in verse 18, for most people, then that would have been enough. But for Moses, it wasn't enough. He said, Lord, not only do I want your presence to go with us, he said, but I want you to do one more thing, God. Show me your glory. Whew. Show me your glory. And you know, I hear a lot of talk, and there's a lot of men you go to meetings, oh, the glory of God. And listen, the glory of God's in here today. Amen. Glory of God's here today. I mean, <sighs> but let me tell you, God says, Moses says, God, show me your glory. And then God makes an interesting statement. According to God, His glory is His goodness. Now, I didn't say that. God did. I didn't make up this definition. God did. Because Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. And God said, Moses, I will let all of my goodness passed before you the glory of god is the goodness of god but now today's message of course is about the foundation of our lives of 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 a life that matters but i'm going to tell you the foundation of a life that matters is based on the love of god and the goodness of god hear me we're going to amplify that this over the next few minutes. A life that matters has to be lived out of a revelation of the goodness of God and the love of God. Now, that sounds so simple, I realize that. Hallelujah. This thing got euthanized last night. (laughs) This mic, (laughs) it was youth rallied. Hallelujah. I like that. But here's something that I saw out of this, Brother Dick, that I'd never seen before. I didn't even see this last week. And so as I was tying this together, and we're not in your notes yet, (laughs) God said, I'm going to let all of my goodness pass before you. Now, there are people that doubt that God is love, and there are people that doubt that God is good. But here is an absolute awesome proof that God is good, because here's what happened. He said, Moses, I'm going to let my goodness pass before you. But how good is God? I'll tell you how good God is. God said, Moses, but I'll tell you what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to kind of shade you a little bit. I'm going to have to stick you over in a corner because I am so good that if I showed you all of my goodness, it would kill you. That's what it says. Some people don't want to think God is good. God said, listen, Moses, I am so good that literally I'm going to have to just kind of show you myself from behind. And I'm going to, even when I show you myself from behind, I'm going to have to stick you over in the corner. Because if I showed you all of my goodness, man, it would kill you. Now that's what I call a good God. So here's what I'm saying, church. We need a revelation of God to show us as much of his goodness and as much of his love as we can stand. That's what I want. That's what I want to experience. I want to be like Moses. I want to say, Lord, I want my life, listen, to be lived out of a revelation of God's goodness and of his love. Because that is the foundation for a life that matters. I want everybody to say God's love love and God's goodness goodness is is his glory. But too often we end up founding our life on anything but God's love and but God's goodness. We found our lives on things like rejection. Some people's whole life is founded on rejection. They had they had a terrible, painful divorce. Or they had a terrible, painful childhood. Or they had terrible things that happened in their life. And then their whole life from that point on is lived out of that rather than the love of God and the goodness of God. Are you hearing me today? We found our lives sometimes out of fear. We found our lives out of shame. We found our lives out of inferiority. We found our lives out of hurt. We live our lives out of pride, out of jealousy, and all of these can take root and taint our heart and those that we are in a relationship with. But today, I want you to see yourself as the beloved of God. Did you hear what I said? I want you to look up here at me. Everybody look up up here at me right now, and I want you to say this. I I am the beloved of God. Until you see yourself that way, it's going to be really, really hard to live a life that matters. Until you see yourself in the goodness of God and the love of God, rather than somebody who's full of fear, full of rejection, full of shame, full of inferiority, full of hurt, full of pride, full of all these things. I want to get so filled up with the goodness of God that literally at times I almost feel like I can't stand it. And live my life out of that. Live my life out of a revelation of that love. Out of a revelation of that goodness. See yourself as the beloved of God. In Christ and with God. <laughs> Everybody say, in Christ, in Christ and with God. With God. In, Christ in Christ and with God, with God. I want you to say with me, all things are possible. All Why are all things possible? Because I am In Christ and with God. Not just working for God, but working with God. You know what, Brother Norval? I love you, brother. You're my brother. Man, 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 you mean you could hang out. We could eat together. We could have a good time. But you know what? When it comes to working, if I know I'm going to be out there doing something, I'd rather be working with you than just for you. Amen. 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 Because that way I get your experience. That's right. See, I got you right by my side. Amen. You're saying, hey, I know how to do this, and I know how to do it more effectively. I know how to really do this job, and I know how to do it right. Let me give you my advice. Let me give you my counsel. Amen. Let me give you my expertise. Amen. See, that's what it means to work with God because God's whispering in your ear. Amen. He's saying, man, let me tell you what. I know how to... I know how to." help you with that sale. I know how I know how to get you right in that place of influence and I know how to give you wisdom. God is smarter than we are. He's wiser than we are. God's been around a long time and he'll be around a long time after we're gone. Thank you, God. That's right. Emerson, I had a revelation. I've had a revelation that God is just infinitely smarter than me and knows how to do things better than me. And if I can just go that I'm not just working for him, I'm working with him. That means he's right by my side whispering in my ear. Oh, hallelujah. And when you know you are working with the man, it gives you a whole new perspective. Man. In Christ with God. Everybody say, in Christ Christ. with God. God. Because you have an identity and a significance that replaces inferiority, it gives you value and worth. It replaces performance orientation. It helps you to know that you're accepted so that you are free from approval addiction. It gives you security so that you are free from fear and it gives you a purpose so that you don't have to walk through life with a meaningless life. You know, I got to thinking this week about all the people in scripture that were transformed by a revelation of the goodness of God and the love of God, not because of anything they did, but by a revelation of God's love for them There was a depressed suicidal prophet named Elijah that God said, Elijah, I'm going to be in the still small voice. God spoke to his heart. He said, Elijah, you're not alone. You are not alone. There was a Samaritan woman that had had five broken marriages. There was a hated tax collector. His name was Zacchaeus. There was a failed disciple named Peter, a prodigal son, a criminal on the cross next to Jesus, and then a guy that we all know got a revelation of the love of God. This was a man named Saul who killed and persecuted believers on every level, everywhere that he went. He was feared. People were afraid of him. When Saul came to town, the Christians were in trouble. But now think about it in these terms. Saul, who became Paul, had such an encounter with God that he wrote 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Wow. What did it say in 1 Corinthians 13? Let me tell you what it said. I'm glad you asked that question. He picked up on this. Paul picked up on it in the church at Corinth. We're not to your notes yet. You know, some of y'all looking around. We're not even there. Probably won't get there. And Paul said, i tell you this. I've had a revelation. I've had an encounter with God. And to those of you who are pursuing more spiritual experience, he said, if I could speak all the languages of earth and angels, but I didn't love others i would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal to those pursuing more knowledge listen to what he said if i had the gift of prophecy and i understood all of god's secret plans and possessed all knowledge but didn't love others i would be nothing see some people say oh it's in the power who it's in the power oh 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 it's it's in the knowledge Oh, oh, it's in this, or it's in that, or it's in something else. Paul Paul had an answer for all of those. He said, for those of you who think it's in power, he said, if I had faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. To those who thought, well, if I could just be a hero, he said, if I give everything I own to the poor, and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've got nowhere. So no matter what I say, he said, or what I believe and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. You want to live a life that matters? You want to touch others? Live a life that flows out of the goodness of God and out of the love of God. And watch what God can do. We used to sing, I, I, well, not that long ago. I don't know how old this song. I want to know where love is. Anybody remember that song? Come on. Don't act like you don't ever listen to the radio or you don't ever watch the TV. You go to church and everybody's like, mm, I'm not going to admit. I, I. I just remember that song. I don't know who sang it. But I, man, when, I, when I would hear it, I would think, oh, man, that is so powerful. I want to know where love is. I want you to show me. I'm like, oh, God, yes, bring them on. Lord, I know where it is. I want to show them, yeah. Love is in God. Love is in knowing the goodness of God and the power of God. And there's nothing like it. Because, you know, the word that we use for love today, it can mean anything from friendship to romance to sex. But Jesus said, I've got another kind of love I'm going to demonstrate for you. And he laid his life down. And so we're going to celebrate communion here in just a few few minutes. And so I want you to say with me, the foundation of my life, foundation everybody say it, the foundation of my life, of my life is the love, of God, is the love of, God the of God and the goodness of God. Now, look to your notes real quick. <laughs> I mean real quick. I believe that God wants us to finish 2013 strong. We've got... August is just about over. This this will be the last Sunday in August because next Sunday, September the 1st. Is that right? Man, it all runs together. Can you believe that? We've got September, October, November, December, four months left in 2013. I want everybody to say finish strong in 2013. How many of you believe in the finish strong these last four months? I'm believing for God's best for these last four months. But we have a need. Everybody really needs to realize that if we're going to finish strong, that strength is actually birth through love. That sounds like a paradox, and in some ways it is. Because we all have a need to feel worthy and, and be emotionally stable and learn and take on challenges and grow and receive love and affirmation and recognition and, and, and to make a contribution and, uh, and connect with others. That's really what life is all about. That's, that's what makes life worth living is knowing that you're, you're doing something. But beyond that, knowing who you are, when we accept this wonderful truth that God loves us, there's some things that happen on the inside of you. First of all, you begin to value yourself as God values you. I know it sounds humble to walk around saying, well, I'm just nothing and I'm just a nobody. And and listen, I know what you're saying. Apart from him, yeah, that's right, we are. But folks, I've got news for you. God values you. God loves you. God paid a high price by sending Jesus because he loves you and me. And it is humble to have the same opinion of yourself that God has of you. That's humility. And so when you fully embrace and grow in your awareness, listen, of God's love for you, you are set free to explore all that you might become and all that you might do. I got a word for you. When people are finished with you, God is just getting started. I said when people are finished with you, God is just getting started. I want you to lift your hand up like this. Wave it one time like you just don't care. What is that? Lift your hands in the air and love them just like you just don't care. Or something I don't know what it is. I want you to say, God, God is not, is not finished, with me. finished with me. Somebody else may be finished with you. you. Ever had somebody, I'm just finished with you. I'm just done with you. I've just had enough. I am done with you. I'm finished with you. Well, I'll tell you what, when folks are just getting finished with you, God is just getting started. And i got another revelation for you. You are more than what they say. I don't know who they are anyway. I, I have never met they. I always hear people talking about they. You are more than what they say. You are stronger than what they say. And you can do What they say you can't do because of God. I want you to say with me today, I am more more than they say. say. I am stronger stronger than they say. say. I can do do what they say say I I can't do because of God. That is what a revelation of the goodness of God and the love of God will do for you. Look at what it did for Moses. Amen. Man, sometimes I feel like I got a lot of responsibility. How would you like to be leading about five or six million Jews through the wilderness? Whining and complaining, man, that guy had the weight of the world on his shoulders. But God knew that Moses was going to have to have a revelation of his goodness that was unsurpassed if that man was going to do what he was called to do. Moses lived out his leadership. He lived out his life of a revelation of the love of God and the goodness of God. That's why God had to give it to him so strong, Keith. He said, I'm going to give you all you can stand. I'm going to give you a dose that's going to be, it's going to be all you can take. In fact, it was so strong, there were times when he would come down and the people would say, we can't handle it. Bright light, bright light, bright light. Why? Because God wanted him to see his goodness. And so we grow in confidence. We have less fear of failure, less fear of rejection, less fear of loss. We no longer cave into fear of what others may say about us or say to us or do to us. We no longer are a slave to peer pressure. Why? Because we live out of a revelation of God's goodness and God's grace and God's love. And it's changing. It's life-changing and it's transforming. You have a greater ability to love others and a greater capacity to receive love from others. Without love, we simply exist. We cannot reproduce what we do not have within us. Worship without love is just music. Relationships without love are just acquaintances. Congregations without love are just clubs. Scripture without love is just legalism. A problem tackled without love ends in war. A pursuit of Jesus without love ends in religion. Wealth or inheritance gained without love ends in greed. Love is the ingredient that changes everything because love leaves a legacy. Now, I'm going to close with this and we're going to celebrate communion. There are some things that you need to do. If God is good, what do we do during times when we don't understand Maybe it's a season of loss. Maybe there's a season. I'm going to ask real quickly here in five last five minutes, i want to answer and give you, just give you some things of some hard questions. Some questions of where we live. What do we do during a season of loss? And I want to talk to you about knowing that God is good even when we don't understand. About loving and being loved even through the pain. Even in a season of loss or failure to know that you are loved. And when I talk about loss, I'm not, I'm not just talking about the loss of a loved one, although over these last couple of years, there's been, there's been a lot of pain and heartache through these seasons of time. And in my own family, I lost two, two, two uh, uh, immediate family members this year. Many of you have, too, over the last couple of years. Or maybe it's a lost job. Maybe it's a lost relationship. Maybe it's a divorce. Once, what, what, what we once had or did is suddenly obsolete, the job is gone. The family is gone. The entire neighborhood may be gone. The role we once played is no longer necessary or available. And with that loss, there comes a lack of purpose and responsibility and value. So what do you do during those times? Let me tell you, there was once an ancient king. Hallelujah, getting some more liquid refreshment out there. Amen. Sounds like. There was once an ancient king who he did not believe in the goodness of God. And, in fact, he had a, he had a servant, a slave, that, that constantly would tell him, King, no matter what happens, God is good. Well, the king hated that. He resented it, and it really, really made him mad. But this servant would constantly say, God is good, king, and everything God does is perfect. You can trust God. So one day, the king and the servant were hunting. And along the way, a wild animal attacked the king. And the slave managed to kill the animal, but the king lost one of his fingers in the attack. So he was furious, he was upset. And instead of showing gratitude for being saved, the king said, well, now what do you have to say? Is God good? If he was good, I wouldn't have lost my finger. If God is good and God is love and you're telling me all these things, how come I lost my finger? The slave replied, well, I don't really know and understand, but I tell you this, king, God is good. And we can trust him. Well, the king was furious with him. He threw him into prison. He was outraged. Had him arrested, thrown into prison. Later on, the king went hunting by himself again. And this time when he was hunting, he was captured by savages who engaged in human sacrifice. So the king is being getting ready to be offered Brother Norval, as a human sacrifice. And suddenly, in the midst of being offered up as a human sacrifice these heathens suddenly noticed that the king had a finger missing. And so they said, stop everything. We can only offer a perfect human being. So they turned the king loose. He went back. He got the servant out of prison and said, servant, I know you always said God was good and he told him the story and he said, and now I understand that. He said, but I have another question for you. If God is good and you can trust him, then in spite of me being saved because I lost that finger, then how can you say God is good when I put you in prison? The servant said, oh, King, God is good and we can trust him. Because if I had been with you on that hunting trip, I am perfect. There is nothing missing on me. And I would have been sacrificed. So even when I don't understand, I know that God is good and I can trust him. Four things and we're going to go. That you need to do when you're walking through a season of things that you don't understand. And I'm just going to hit these highlights and we're going to, we're going to go. I know it says three in your notes, but just four. <laughs> Give me a minute and it'll be five or six. <laughs> four things that you need to do when you're dealing with a loss and things that you don't understand. Minimize your pain. Give yourself permission to mourn your loss. But ask God to help you because all loss is temporary. Our hearts heal, our perspectives change, new relationships develop, wealth can be restored. Possessions can be reacquired. There are other jobs. Love and hope and faith can be reborn on the inside of you. Minimize that pain. Give yourself permission to mourn, but move past that place. Number two, ask God to teach you something in the process. Learn something good. As long as I'm learning normal I'm not losing. There's always room for faith. There's always room for hope. And there's always something to be learned. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Don't let what you know get in the way of what you don't know. Uh, Think about that. What I mean by that is keep growing, keep learning. There is much more to know than what you already know. Number three, hang on to a strong sense of self. Don't let that loss define you. You are not that job. You are not that position. You are not that wealth. You are not those things. You are who God says you are. And then number four, this is one you need to add. If you know of people or if you're walking through a people who are experiencing loss, number four, get out there. Get out there. Don't stay isolated. Did you hear what I said? Because you got to find something to do that impacts others with hope and grace. It's important that you get up every morning and you find somebody who needs something that you can provide. I had somebody share a testimony with me not long ago, and they had a friend or our acquaintance, really. They had not really been friends, but they knew them, and they were going through a tremendous, terrible time with their, their elderly parents. They were hurting, and they were suffering, and... Uh, you know They weren't expected to live very long, and they were having to deal with all of this. And uh, so their life was at, a, at, a, was at a, a, a place of just, they were exhausted and worn out. And so this person, out of the goodness of their heart, just sent them a note and said, I have bought you and prepared for you a place where I'm going to send you, you're going to get a massage, you're going to be treated like a queen today, you're going to be loved, you're going to be valued. Wow. I want you to just take a day out of your time. And I want you to let me take care of you today. I guarantee you there were some tears flowing in the heart and life of that young lady. Somebody needs something that you can offer and that you can give. Even if you don't feel it, you can't change the fact that you are loved. So start living like you are, live loved lead loved, serve love with all the strength and grace, pass on all that we know to that next generation because others need what God has done on the inside of you. Not everybody has this revelation of God's goodness and revelation of God's love. God created man and woman to be sons and daughters, humankind or kind humans. Different but equal to have dominion made in his image. And we live in our dominion when we live in a knowledge of the goodness and the love of God. Somebody in the house say amen. Thanks again for listening to Life Church of Mobile's podcast. Our services are held on Sundays at 830 and 1030 a.m. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at lifechurchmobile.com.